Hey everybody, welcome back to the College Football Uncensored Podcast brought to you by Saturday Down South. I'm your host, Tyler Huck, and with me as always, my co-host, partner in crime, and legal sports gambler, Chris Marler. Chris, tough times to be a sports gambler these days, if you're an NFL player at least. Yeah, we're going to get into it for sure. Um, I'll just right off the bat. And I know that there's, I know I'm not the only one. I know what my, I don't say persona is, but I know what like the perception of me definitely is that I have created for myself, which is my own fault. Um, my first thought when I saw the $1,500 from Calvin Ridley was, my God, I have gambled so much more on sports in the last year, month, week, whatever you want to say. Um, Jesus. Scared money don't make money, Chris. And- <laughs> Oh, scared man. money, fifteen hundred lost one man, eleven point one million dollars. That is one ninetieth uh, of his, uh, roughly his his salary per game that he makes. We'll get into all of it, but um, how was the week? I I'm debating currently in my head to tell all of you a new low that I reached this week. Uh, oh no! Oh, it's bad, but it's pretty funny. <laughs> like so. Kind of want to share it just out of like the humor part of it. Um, but it's embarrassing for sure. All right. Please tell us. No, how's your week? You start. I'm gonna I'm gonna debate <laughs> on whether or not I should even do this. It might be you know what we'll save uh, the uncensored moment of the week so people stick around. All right, cool. Well, my weekend was was pretty good, man. I got to get out, play some golf. Fantastic weather here in Atlanta. Um, followed up by a week of rain, but we're gonna rain okay, all you know. Supposed to, but as long as the weekends are good, I'm good. You know, work all week, so it doesn't really matter for me. But heard that, uh, brother. In a great mood. Um, since we recorded, baseball did not come to an agreement, so who mm-hmm. knows when MLB will be back? Um, and I'm just looking forward to the SEC tournament here in a couple of days. In fact, it'll start tomorrow, won't it? No, Wednesday. But. This releases tomorrow, so technically, oh yes, when yeah. listen to this. Okay, you were right. there. Yep, I see what you did. Um, yeah, I totally thought it was starting on Tuesday. Uh, so Wednesday starts the SEC tournament. Should be great. Uh, I can't wait to see some of those top seeds play each other towards the end, and yeah. uh, then of course March Madness. Yeah, I think it's going for you, man. Um, pretty good, pretty good. Uh, I'm dog sitting for my best friend Jeff right now, so I'm I'm staying in. My old basement stopping grounds where I first stayed after the breakup, like literally drove here immediately. Um, so that was fun. It's a fun little trip down memory lane. Um, but no, I had a good, I had a good time. I, uh, he has a bunch of bourbon that he told me not to get into, but I did because he's not listening. Um, <laughs> and, this is a true uh, test to see if he listens to the pod. He definitely doesn't. I know he doesn't. I, <laughs> I mean, I made sure before he left. I was like, all right, because he always does this. He's like, he just knows me well enough. He's like, like he just knows that I'm not trustworthy around, around bourbon, especially like, it's just like, if there's going to be free booze around, I'm here for a week. I mean, come on, right. what am I going to do? Um, so I was like, we just have like an understanding now. I'm like, all right, which is the good bourbon you want me to stay out of? He's like, don't drink the Weller. Don't drink this. And it kind of offends me a little bit. It's like, you know, my, my worth isn't up there, but I don't care. Well, there's stuff to get these days. You say that about most bourbons. I feel like that's cannot be true, but um, <laughs> you guys just, I don't think you guys just drink as much as I used to. That's all. But no, so, and then this was kind of, this was like probably my highlight of the weekend so far. And this is going to sound dumb to most people, but 
I didn't, I, it's just like little shit like this. I never even thought about when you go through like, like, you know, a breakup, like I did where you like one person got everything. Um, I haven't grilled out in like seven months and it's like one of my favorite things to do. So on Saturday night, I, I was really excited. I grilled out. I made a fucking feast. I ate all of it very way too quickly for sure. Um, it was awesome though. It was great. So that's it. Well, we're having much Stop better giggling weeks and Alvin texting Ridley. Josh Pate. Hey, it's friend of the pod, Josh Pate. Like we, so we little, little backstory here. We come on the podcast and Tyler's like, just casually tweeting or back and forth with Josh Pate. And I was like, Oh yeah, who me? And he's like, no me. And so we're just apparently just both Josh is playing us, dude. This is like, this is like Zach Morris type shit. It is. Yeah. He's trying to date both of us at the same time, but not like <laughs> in a romantic way. I do love the fact that he tweeted something comparing uh, she's all that to Georgia. It's a fantastic movie. That was my first crush. She was the Welch's. She was the Welch's grape juice girl. She's all that. What was her name again? She had like three names. It was something stupid and obnoxious, yeah. but she was so hot. She, she was like, she didn't get nearly as many roles as like Jennifer Love Hewitt or anything like that. But like she Melissa was Joan Hart. Ugh, I'm just going to go with all the threes. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. She's, she's, uh, she's hot as shit though. And then like, I was always feel weird about saying this too. Cause like, okay. Like the Olsen twins. I used to, I used to say this when I would host trivia. Jamie Lee Curtis. <laughs> Mary Kate Olsen. <laughs> um, so <laughs> Jean-Claude Van Damme, <laughs> fuck, that's too many. Um, no, so so I used to always be like, yeah, you remember, like, you remember how hot the Olsen twins were when you were growing up? People would get like weirded out by it. I'm like, we're the same age. I'm, I'm not talking about now. I'm not talking about like, I, I'm 35. I'm not talking about like watching a rerun of fucking four-year-old Mary-Kate and Ashley in a leather jacket riding like some fucking big wheel, which I had that puzzle. But, you know, when we were the same age, I don't, whatever. It's fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> well, anyways, despite yeah. that, we're having a great week. Mm -hmm. Having a much better week than Calvin Ridley's having. I don't, so I think he's fine. I don't, this is so Well, stupid. he's been suspended. He just lost $11.1 million. He's not fine. He lost it? He's not getting paid it this year. Time to double down, Calvin. <laughs> okay, so if you haven't heard, News broke today that Atlanta Falcons, former Alabama Crimson Tide wide receiver Calvin Ridley, has been suspended for at least one year after the NFL determined he had placed bets on games last season, yes. which is a big no-no in the biz. Yeah, that's um, um, you can't do that at all. Ridley is indefinitely suspended, so they said at least a year, but it could be that depending on how much more they find, which this investigation opened, I think right around the Super Bowl, and um, it's just now breaking. So he can re apply for reinstatement on February 15th of 2023, um, which he can also appeal this, which I'm guessing he probably will. But then he also went to Twitter today and basically admitted that he was gambling on games. Yeah. Um, he said, uh, I bet $1,500 total. I don't have a gambling problem. Right. Which is, I feel like a lot of times the way that I describe myself to my wife when she's like, hey, I saw that you moved a bunch of mo money over to Venmo. 
I say the same thing. And I, you know, I bet 1500 total. I don't have a gambling problem. What do you say? It's, I, I always say this. You're not a degenerate. You're just dedicated. <laughs> 1500 so, is not a lot of money. Like, like I've never placed a $1,500 bet, but I can tell you right now that I've definitely spent more than $1,500 on gambling in a short period of time. Well, absolutely. I think over, over my time gambling, I don't know in a short time that I've gambled 1500, maybe, maybe on my bachelor party when we went to Vegas during mm -hmm. March madness, that possibly could have happened. But we let me ask for, you this. We went to March madness. That was like, that's what I wanted to do. And my friends were like, that's too expensive. Like, okay. It was, it was fantastic. We went with, we went for the second weekend because mm -hmm. the first weekend apparently is just so outrageous that I mean, my old drug dealers going. I don't know how much money this person could be making. I don't. I don't buy drugs from it anymore. And it was very small drugs. It was like it was edibles, whatever. <laughs> but like, but like, they like you like so, Calvin Ridley telling on yourself. Right no, now. it's like it's okay. This is like when I worked in the restaurants and she's like that. This kid, I, I don't care about this. It's it's fucking weed. It should be legal anyway. I don't give a shit. So like, this kid that we used to work with used to make edibles at home, and he got so nerdy about it and so excited, and he would he would make his own labels and stuff and say high Hershey's, which was not, it did not roll off the tongue. Um, and, and it was just always funny. Cause like, I, I don't have portion control with real food. So having it with drug food is not good for me. And then I would just go to outer space. So <laughs> that guy, it, like he still, I think he like still works at like a, this isn't a bad thing, but he works at a restaurant still. And we we're just catching up. He's like, yeah, I'm going to Vegas this week for just, you know, get away. And I'm like, Oh, that's awesome. And then I was like, wait, it's the fucking first week of like college basketball tournaments. Like you're going to Vegas. Like, how did you get that? And he was like, what do you mean? It's like, Oh, you know, business is good. I'm like, good Lord. That's what we got to start doing. I don't know. It seems like a bad <laughs> career move. Um, so anyways, what are your thoughts on this? Because there's a lot of people, of course, as always, when something like this hits the news cycle, you've got people on one side saying this is the most ridiculous thing ever mm -hmm. comparing it to past suspensions in the NFL, namely, Ray Rice, uh, Adrian Peterson, Greg Hardy, which I'll get to a funny tweet we found here in a minute. Um, and then on the other side, people were like, well, look, I mean, yes, he, he barely gambled any money. And he was, by the way, the, the most egregious offense here is that he was, he was betting on 18 parlays. Oh, is that, that's all it was? He was doing all parlays. So, so oh, the story that is, is, is that just part. <laughs> so, Back in the late 2021, sports betting became legal in Florida for like a month and then it went mm -hmm. away. And in that time period, so the only, um, so it wasn't FanDuel or DraftKings or anything like that. Um, the only online betting that you could do was through the Seminole Tribe Hard Rock Sportsbook app. Um, so the Seminole Tribe owns the casinos down in Florida. There's one in Fort Lauderdale where you can actually go to the Hard Rock there. They have their own app. Apparently he downloaded that on his phone, his own phone. He wasn't using a burner. He wasn't using a proxy for someone else to place bets for him. You know why? Because it wasn't that big of a fucking deal, but go on. Yes, on the surface, but it is against the rules. Right, so you would, true. You, would, you wouldn't really want to do that. Um, that's actually how we got caught. And that's, that's actually a lot of that people in the sports gambling world are actually making that a point is this is why you legalize sports gambling because... Had this been five years ago mm -hmm. and he was using an offshore book, he never would have been caught. Right. This is, you know, when you're legally gambling, it's easy for people to track who's doing what. Anyways, 
apparently Hard Rock snitches get stitches, so I don't know what's gonna happen. Well, they have a know. they have like a whole group, like like they've hired that like not a group, but it's like some cyber shit. You know, I don't know how to explain it. They flag all your stuff, and it's like, hey, this guy did this. Right. So they catch Ridley. They report him to the NFL. NFL does an investigation and finds that he was basically betting parlays and he was even betting on his own team. Um, that see now that is where I could see a problem being, um, anyway, what, I mean, whatever. So here, here's my take. I'll get your take. I have a feeling you're probably going to side with him mostly. No, I mean, it, you don't know what I'm gonna say. So shut the fuck up. Let me just, I feel like I've been upset to a lot of people this week. Okay. All right. Um, I understand why the NFL is coming down hard. Now, there's you no do. excuse to to suspend Ray Rice for two games for mm-hmm. beating his fiance in an elevator. And 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 to be clear, Tyler, to be clear, yeah, there's no reason to do that when you're the only fucking person that has seen the video and it hasn't been released to the public, and you're the commissioner of the NFL and you've seen it and no one else has, and then you make the decision to suspend it for two games. But go on. Sure, sure. So that doesn't excuse that. Mm-mm. But I can see where the NFL is coming from when they're saying, look, we got to set a precedent here because mm-hmm. the minute that we're light on this and NFL players are yeah. like, well, whatever. We, we put just, a team in like in Vegas or something crazy. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I'll just bet on games. Yeah. You start to get people concerned about the integrity of the game, of these guys throwing games and things like that. He had to be made an example of, I think it'll only be a year, but I think they had to do it. Here's the thing. And this is this is what is like, there's no amount of money he could have been making, especially with $1,500, that was going to be a difference in the outcome of a game. He wasn't playing in the entire season. And, and, and like, I've already got into this with a few people like online. I get, I get the suspension. I totally understand it. Like, that's the rule. So by the rule, he should be suspended. Fine. Fine. The issue here is the precedent you have set as the NFL. Like you're talking about how they got to make an example out of them. Well, the, the example you've already made as an organization, as, as an entire league has been soft as fucking baby shit from, from a a standpoint of, of where we're going to discipline things. And like, like I said, this is a joke on Twitter. I almost thought the, the NCAA is the one that sent out this, this punishment because it was so egregiously over the top for what the, what the, the, the crime was. Right. So again, I'm not some fucking dickhead on Twitter that I just can't. We've had to kick him out of the stupid Facebook group four times. If he's listening, you know exactly who you are. Every single time it happens, he comes crying back in the like in our like messages. I'm sorry, I wouldn't. I didn't mean to put something back in the group. Like, just go find another fucking group. But we always let him back in, and he still finds a way to start arguing with me on Twitter. So honestly, I'm the idiot for doing it. That being said, his whole thing was like, well, I don't know why we gotta make Ridley the victim. Nobody's making anyone a victim here out of this situation. It's ironic as shit that we would use that word because the victims of the most egregious offenses in the NFL, and again, the precedent you have already set set as a league, have been multiple, multiple suspensions of way less, way less like harshness and, and, and like for games missed and all that kind of stuff from horrific violence. And, and I'll tell you this, this has nothing to do and we're just going to get real here for a minute and, and not to make anyone uncomfortable. But like, while well, I'm on this soapbox, like it, the reason why this pisses me off has nothing to do with him playing football at Alabama, has nothing to do with him playing for the Falcons or any kind of shit like that. 
it a thousand percent has to deal with the fact that I, I grew up in a home with domestic violence. I watched that shit with my own two eyes and it's fucking awful. And, and like, there's no excuse for it. It's, it's, it, it is the most cowardly thing you could fucking do as a man it is awful. The fact that so many cases have happened multiple cases, like, and I'm, we see the Ray Rice thing. That's the first thing that, that people jump to. Right now, Ray Rice is not in the league anymore, but Ray Rice, the, the truth behind that whole video was the NFL got their hands on that video before anyone else did. That's how, that's how big this whole, you know, this company is right. Like they got their hands on that before anyone else. And Roger Goodell sat down and saw it happen and watched Ray Rice knock his fucking fiance out like in an, in an elevator, knocked her out cold, dragged her by her fucking hair through like through the, the hallway at the hotel. He saw that and said to himself, no one else has seen this yet. We're going to suspend him for two games. So yeah, it is a fucking joke that if somebody bets $1,500 and it doesn't stop there because like, because that to me is like, you want to talk about fucking character. You want to talk about like integrity and shit like that. You were put in a position where no one else knew what, what you knew. And that was what you decided to use. The fact that he has a fucking job. And I think he's a, I think he's a good commissioner. He's not nearly as bad as Manford or anything like that. Shit like that. I think it is a good job for what he does. The fact that he still has a job in this day and age and like in with cancel culture and any of that kind of stuff, whether that's right or wrong is astounding to me. Because that man watched this happen and then fucking condoned it afterwards. The other stuff is, and this is what I brought to you on the phone earlier. The other one for me was Greg Hardy. Now you tell me, how long was Greg Hardy suspended for? Greg Hardy, uh, who also beat his girlfriend, was suspended initially, initially, Chris, 10 games. Mm-hmm. And then so what happened that to that? Then reduced to four. Four games. Now, if you read the story of what actually happened and you read like the actual police statement from what his girlfriend passed or wrote down about what happened to her, he got mad at her because she she was texting Nelly behind his back, which is just fucking incredible right off the bat. But then what he did was not only did he beat her, he didn't punch her once like Ray Rice and like that for hours. He beat her up and essentially tortured her, locked her in, in this apartment, wouldn't let her leave and did shit like you know, punched her repeatedly, grabbed her by the hair. At one point, picked her up by her hair, slammed her down onto a futon or a couch or a bed of some short sort where he had laid out a bunch of guns on the bed strictly to intimidate and, and, and be a fucking psychopath, like a manipulative, narcissist, piece of shit person who says, I'm 278, 90 pounds, whatever. I, can, I am physically stronger than this person. I can beat the shit out of her. There's nothing she can do to me. And I deserve to do that because I'm mad. You're a fucking piece of shit. You're a fucking piece of shit. And the fact that that guy got 10 games and it was reduced for what? Good behavior? For what? I mean, for what? Did he do a bunch of community service? Did he unbeat people? Did he stop some other domestic violence shit from happening? Did he like intervene? No, you're a piece of shit. So you should be like... If, if we are going to set a precedence for, and I understand I'm yelling and I, and I understand I'm mad and all that kind of shit, but and I've already said why, but if you're going to set a precedence, make it fucking matter. Like if, if you're going to set a precedent for something, make it fucking matter. Don't, don't put, send me to jail for running a fucking red light. Right. Send me to jail when, when like I've, I've, you know, Texting and driving cause a huge crash or what the fuck ever. You know, like like set set the precedent for things that fucking matter. That's all I have to say about that. So your thoughts on Josh Gordon getting suspended for six <laughs> seasons for smoking weed? 
<laughs> you know, we were sitting there. We were both. I mean, listen, you, I told you that story about them edibles. You know, I love. No, I like that. Also, is stupid. I'm not going to get into that because, like, that's one of those things. But see, isn't it, isn't it weird when you think about it from a like from a society standpoint? And I don't think anybody condones like domestic violence. Joe Mixon's a guy that when he was 18 years old, he was apparently called the N word at like you know late night after like after the bar um, in some restaurant, right? And punched the girl in the face. The N word should have never been said. He also probably should never, or not probably should have never hit her. That's a person that that's not that's not what's tied to him anymore. And I think that's probably a good thing. I think he was 18. I think he learned a lesson. When you're Greg Hardy, and you do this to unapologetically, and then you move into a, then you get you get to have your job back. We're not talking about smoking weed. I mean, like which most of the free world, I feel like it's probably done at some point. Like we're not talking about smoking weed and, but there's still people that think that somehow that is like not on par with domestic violence, but should be also penalized in a way that is like, that's like looked down upon so much that the Josh Gordon thing, we laugh at Josh Gordon. Like it wasn't even until recently that it became like a man, maybe this is kind of fucked up that, He's getting like, you know, all these suspensions because he's smoking weed. Alden, Alden Smith, I think is his name. Alden, the, the uh, well, his, But his was like drinking, wasn't his like DUIs and stuff? Mm-hmm. I can't remember totally. Yeah, I think well, Randy Gregory. Weed. Randy Gregory yeah. was another one with, uh, I think, was weed. And with and, and Alden Smith's thing was like, he got, after like, he had like fifth strike, he got caught with it like in a, in a, like a Mountain Dew bottle or something like that at the airport. Like there's dumb and there's, the, you know, whatever. There's just a very big difference. And and this is, listen, I, I, again, I've watched, I've watched it happen in person. And I've, I've, I've watched that whole thing unfold and it's fucking terrifying. And for whatever reason, in our system and our, our, our court system and our judicial system in this country, that person is far more likely to not go to jail or get out of jail faster than somebody with a misdemeanor drug crime. And that, that could be a felony drug for being in, in being in jail for 50 to 20 years. Think about that. Pretty fucked up. Yeah. Fuck Greg Hardy, man. Like above, above anything else, fuck Greg Hardy. Cause that, that whole story is just like, and, it, and then he moved into a role playing or fighting in the UFC. Just. Yeah. But he does get his ass beat like every time though. Good. I hope it's by a fucking woman. Um, so we'll move on from that story. So Calvin Ridley, <laughs> we won't see him for a while unless he he appeals the ban and somehow um, it gets lifted, which I don't foresee happening. So it's a warning out there to all the other, however many people are in the NFL. If you're betting on games, drop the app, get out fast uh, because you know the hammer is coming down upon you. And, and again, uh, real quick, just to be clear, I'm not condoning what he did with the, the gambling thing. I know that I gamble, you gamble, all kind of stuff. I'm just saying strictly in comparison when you've already set that precedent. That's all I'm at. Sure, sure. No. And I don't think anyone thinks that him gambling is a bad thing. It's just mm-hmm. more so gambling on games that you may have inside knowledge on, which is kind of weird because the NFL in their investigation noted that he didn't use any inside information to bet on the games. He wasn't playing. He was sitting out the whole year. Right. I don't know if you saw this... Uh, you know, another fire take from Emmanuel Acho today. Oh, go to God. his timeline. 
What he did cut he yell up clips the of he he cut up clips of uh, Calvin Ridley like potentially being able to get a first down and like cutting back and losing yards as if up. he was like shaving yards. <laughs> Just an all time take. <laughs> he sucks so much, man. That that guy is like he's like me on steroids where it's like if if I have a bad take and somebody's like that's a good take you should say it I'm like yeah you're right you're right. <laughs> We should abolish Arbor Day. It fucking sucks, dude. And then people are like, that doesn't really matter. I'm like, no, 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 it matters. Let me talk about it incessantly. That's his whole, he fucking blows, man. <laughs> no, he, he is the worst, the absolute worst. Um, all right, well, let's move on to something else. I don't think Calder was throwing games all in the field at all, but this video is very damning. This yeah. is unbelievable. It's Oh, it's bad. For those of you that want to see a ridiculous take, uh, you can go check out Emmanuel yeah. Acho's Twitter. Um, all right, well, let's move on to something a little more enjoyable to talk about. The NFL Combine happened this past week, and you may as well have called it the University of Georgia Pro Day. My God. Hold on. Before we get into this, because I do want to film this, and I want to use this segment for <laughs> for the internet, I got to finish writing to this Emmanuel Acho. So why don't you tell a story about yourself or something? I don't know. I don't want to tell a story about myself. Okay, here, here's a hot take. Did you see the clip? Uh, so we're talking about the combine of Malik Willis helping out the the homeless person. That was awesome. I've got a side eye on that. Oh God, are you fucking serious? <laughs> I don't know. I just. <laughs> do you think that many people would recognize Malik Willis from across the street at a restaurant and be like, "Hey, look, it's Malik Willis helping he out a homeless person." He didn't say that. Person. He said it's a guy from the combine. You can tell he's from the combine because he's handing out NFL combine shit to him, Tyler. It was like it was combine issued stuff. I don't know. What you thought you thought it was planted? I think it was planted. That's so fucked up. I <laughs> that is that's unbelievable. I hate that dude to my, to my boy Malik, who apparently I just found out went to Roswell High School, which is like the really? rival of my high school. So maybe that's why I think that. Right. Somebody told me that. I haven't even looked it up, but uh, you know, someone told me it, so it's got to be real. Um, no, but he had a great combine. Plus the random act of kindness there on the side of the street. Um, Auburn. Are you serious right now? Bad deal getting rid of Malik Willis. Oh, my God. Okay, so this is funny, too. This is one of my favorite takes of all time because Connor was, like, dead set on Malik Willis should be the starter because of one throw he made in the first half, whatever. And we we fought on this, like, so much because because my take was Malik Willis is not going to start. Bo Nix is going to start because Gus is going to hitch his wagon to a freshman for job security. And Malik Willis, hot take, is going to transfer before the season starts. And there's been a few things I've ever been that right about. Definitely wasn't <laughs> my engagement. So um, he came like so. Like, it, how do you want to break it down? You want to break it down through like the days, and then and then get into the like what Georgia did because I think that is the that is the whole story to an extent. But there's also a lot of kids that made themselves some money, and there was a lot of other takeaways too. Let's let, let's start with day one and Nathan Nathan not Nathan Peterman. Um, uh, Kenny, Kenny, uh, Pickett's small ass hands. The hand that's a tough look for if you're if you're Kenny Pickett. Yeah, he had to have come out, and I don't follow him on Twitter. Maybe he did, but if I was him, I would have made some joke about that. Uh, whether it was like a Trump, like you know, remember, you remember the Trump debate where he's like, no yeah. problem. Okay, no problem. Okay. <laughs> that's the best story about this. I don't know if people know this. The editor of that, like, so the magazine that made fun of his hands, do you know that, that, that this guy, the editor of that magazine showed this on some, like some, uh, 
interview sometime. He goes, every day or every year, like on, on his birthday or some anniversary or something, Donald Trump sends him a signed picture of his hands compared to something else. And it's like, see, normal size. Like, swear to God, swear to God. It's like, God, just, I mean, big dick energy, huh? Um, so, okay. So a couple of things from um, that first day. Um, what's up with these damn 40 times? Does okay. everyone just run under a 4-4 at this point? I'm kind of with you on this. Peter Burns about the same thing. And I've told y'all that we did the 57-yard dash at Pro Day or Scout Day for ours. I, they said it was a fast track because it was new turf. No. It, it seemed like everybody was running on those, like, if you ever want to take, like, the, the long way at an airport and walk, those, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? You, yeah. you just, you're just gliding, The right? moving sidewalks. Mm. Yeah, so, yeah, moving, I mean, yeah, moving sidewalks. Everyone yeah, from Wilson. day one. Garrett Wilson from Ohio State ran a four three eight, um, which he like wasn't ever really like expected to be that fast. You had the kid from North Dakota State. Did you see this kid? Six four, two hundred eight pounds. Christian with Watson. eleven and a half inch hands, or was it ten and a half inch hands? Four three six in the forty at six four, two hundred eight pounds. Yeah, he also set a record for the broad jump or something like that. Thirty eight and a half inch vertical. I mean, thirty and a half. That's it. I've never even heard of that kid, and he's. I mean. That's ridiculous. Um, you had the kid from Memphis, Calvin Austin, ran a four three two. These are not real. Like this, you can't convince me that these forty times are, are real. Okay, here's the everyone thing, just suddenly is faster than they've ever been before. All of a sudden this year. Okay, just I mean, like I know this is gonna be bad because the steroid era, but like think about how many home runs are hit in baseball now, right? I, it's just like a cycle of the way games are played. Like I, you're not seeing. Okay, like t- 10, 10 years ago. Who's your who's that fat ass from at Florida State that was like a first round pick at receiver? <laughs> Kelvin oh, Benjamin. Kelvin Benjamin? Yeah. yeah. So Kelvin Benjamin was like the prototypical type of receiver, right? He's like, oh, dude, 6'5, 230. Because we all saw Calvin Johnson be 6'5, 235, even though he ran a 435. You see these like shifts in the way that teams are created. Like, I mean, like Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill would have never been the the best receiver, one of the top receivers in the, in the league because of his size, no matter how fast he was. We've seen like Trenton Holiday. I know he's five five. It's a different size, obviously, but like, I think we're in a day and age of football now where it's like, like the SEC speed thing has always been a always been a thing, and there are bigger athletes down here that get to train year round, and and speed is something that absolutely can be taught and trained. And I mean, like I did, I did it. I, like I ran like a seven, seven or a seven, nine, like my freshman year of high school. And my, by the time I got to college, I was running a six, six, like in the 60. Oh, I thought it, you were talking about 40. No. <laughs> Damn, bro. That's pretty, pretty sad. <laughs> no, <laughs> Dude, I've got a full second and a half off my 40. I mean, nice, nice improvement, I guess. But. No, I mean, so we were in the 60. So like, but, but I think even senior year, right. Or like, or my, the year before I, I started training all this stuff, I worked with a, when I was down in the Bahamas, I worked with a, a, a guy who was a three-time All-American in Boise State in track and field, and he taught me how to just, you know, work out my explosive muscles. And we worked out with, remember DeVar Darling and Dennis? Or mm-hmm. not Dennis, sorry. So their brother, Dennis, was from the Bahamas. Devon and DeVar, the twins that went to Florida State? One went to Florida State, one went to Washington State. Yeah. yeah. And then Dennis was their older brother, and Dennis was a, a sprinter on the Bahamian national team. So I used to work out with him. That dude used to do uh, squat jumps with 225 on the rack. It's ridiculous, but like Thanks. working out explosive muscles and all kind of shit. <clears throat> and I went from like, I probably shaved a full half second off my 60 time, which is a lot in like that sort of a distance. So all of this can be trained. And this is like, I mean, from a form standpoint, 
you don't you don't realize how much wasted motion is going to like like just by your running form. Um, so that's where I think it comes from. It's some of these, I mean, like also the way that people are trained in terms of their weights, conditioning, all of that is different now. Like sure. you, who is, who is that fat ass nose guard? Was it Gilbert Brown from, from, uh, the Packers in like the nineties? Hold on. Or a better Brown. example, Mount Cody. Um, yeah. like, like that guy was six, five, four, 20 or something like that coming out of, you know, he was huge. Um, in nineties, hold on. And so like that used to be what a nose tackle would look like. It's just a, yeah. Gilbert, Jesse Brown. He was, he was his number 93. He was massive. And his whole thing was just like, he was bigger than everyone else. So he just plugged the middle. That's it. Now and you got a guy that plugs the middle that runs a four, five, a four, eight, but yeah, still. Yeah. 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 Four, eight. But I mean, let's not ridiculous. forget that Evander Holyfield's son was a running back and ran like a four seven or four eight one or something like that. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. So um out of the QBs, obviously Malik Willis, I think, probably solidified himself. Um he had a really good, really good combine. Um but also I thought Desmond Ritter. Uh he ran a four five two. Um he had a really good throwing day. So well, had a really good throwing day. I, you know, you may end up being right on, even though we think it's a weak class for QBs, there's probably going to be a five or six in the first round. So, so Malik Willis will be a top 10 pick or a top 15 pick. We're yeah. like hands down. And listen, I, I think like you, it's not just the 40 times stuff like that. I don't he didn't even run it, but like they all looked really good throwing the ball. It's just funny watching this whole thing. Cause like, like Kenny Pickett, first, if you're not going to trust something about Kenny Pickett, it should be the fact that his name is Kenny. I'm not, I'm not paying millions of dollars to anyone named Kenny uh, to do anything as may make those edibles. I mean, that's about it. Like that, that. So this guy, like they brought up his, his hand size. It was, it was fascinating because he had eight and a half inch hands. Right. And so, and I like put it out there, like I, he had a very big missed opportunity here where he could have said, I'm a thrower, not a shower. I'm just going to throw that out there. Uh, I like that. I like that. Yeah. It's a penis joke. Um, And then so, so you have we that are a penis part. pod. We are. <laughs> we are a big penis pod. <laughs> so he had, um, he he came out and like it was this. It was the third smallest hand size from a quarterback in the combine since 2003. Fun fact: the other two, both in the SEC, Brandon Allen and Jake Fromm. Brandon Allen actually stretched his hands out to make them bigger. They gained like a half an inch. Yeah, he, he was he was nine true. inches by the by the um, his pro day or something. Yeah, so around. Um, so, so anyway, uh, but he still threw the ball. Well, all that kind of stuff. I, I think he had a really good, really good showing the, the stuff that was crazy is you did have, and I don't know why we get blue balled on this every single year. The unofficial times that they, they post are so exciting. And then we're always let down except for on the last day where it seemed like they were, they were going under the whole time, but you had 12 receivers that initially ran under a four, four. George Pickens comes in at a 4-4 and then a 4-4-3 ends up 4-4-7, which is still really impressive considering what he, you know, was coming off of. Um, and this is just day one. So you have the receivers, the tight ends, and the quarterbacks. I, I, like, I, and I'm not saying this because of the injury thing necessarily, like in an excuse way. I'm saying it because think about, there were nine total players at the receiver position that ran under a 4-4. The sub, that's crazy. That doesn't even include Jamison Williams, who was a 4-2 guy. I mean, 
I just, four you know, two. that's, yeah, that's what they said. They timed him at like at, at his 40, like he was supposed to be the fastest guy in the, in the receiver class. But then you had like Velas Jones from Tennessee running a four, three, one. I mean, just some phenomenal athletes that came out uh, on the first day. And then you go to the second day. What was it? It was running backs. What am I missing? Offensive lineman. Yeah. And who else? Uh, I'm looking it up now. It's tough to remember the days of the combine. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> I think it was impressive to see the, the thing that stood out to me the most from the running back day. Cause I knew James, Cook, James Cook is going to be the most underrated player in this draft. I don't care where he goes. He, that kid is going to be a stud. He's so valuable. He can do so many things for you on the field. Ran a four, four, two. How about Zamir white running a four, four flat coming off of two ACL surgeries and supposed to be like the between the tackles bruiser, <laughs> like of the, of that backfield ran a four, four flat. Dumb. There, you know what? What this showed me, obviously, is that Georgia is losing a lot off this team. I'm not doing this with you. Um, now, they had nine guys they, drafted here before. They they recruit well. They had six players drafted on defense last year, Tyler. Yeah, but this this was a little bit different this year. I feel like. Yeah, that's fair. This is um, but how about so? I think the most imp- impressive performance out of it. I mean, obviously, Jordan Jordan Davis is going to get a lot of the love, but. How about Trevon Walker? Yeah, okay. So let's do this for the, the video part of it here. Um, George, what Georgia did at the Combine was one of the it, – it, it has to be the most impressive Combine from any collective group of players from one school maybe ever. Like I know we, we blow up the 2001 Miami team. We talk about some of those USC teams. Um, LSU having 16 players dra- – or brought, invited to the Combine 2019, 14 players drafted, setting a record. From just a sheer st- speed standpoint, it was incre- it was like watching a like a like a, a track and field team. And then you talk about the fact that like it, I mean, every single day they had a guy at, at whatever position do something incredible or lead his position group. Jamari Sawyer, 31 bench reps. Then you I mean Zamir White, like I said, four four flat, and that's coming off of two torn ACLs and, and then has the best broad jump out of anybody in in uh from his position. Um Pickens and of an official four four seven, less than a year removed from a torn ACL, and then you get into day three, and what Georgia put on the field Saturday at the combine was the best recruiting pitch you could ever imagine for Kirby Smart, because these are all kids that when you look at who showed out, I mean, first off, Jordan Davis is a three star. If you look at the numbers from Trevon Walker coming out of high school, and he was an All American, and and he went to the the opening finals, all that kind of shit. Everything he did from an athletic standpoint with his size is I'm not saying impressive for this class. I'm saying generationally in the history of the NFL combine, it is, it is the most impressive is the top three most impressive numbers we've ever seen from like the measurables and stuff like that. Nobody that's 270 pounds moves like that. So the official numbers on Trayvon Walker, four, five, one in the 40, 270 pounds, six, five, two seventy. 35 and a half inch vertical, 6.89 second three cone drill. To put that in perspective, that was that was second in his in this class. The only person ahead of him was Adrian Hutchinson. Adrian Hutchinson had the second fastest time all time. That's how good 6.89 is. And Aiden Hutchinson is projected to be potentially the number one overall pick. There's some there's a stat that came out from some um some site and it's called RAS, is RAS metric, right? Which is like a athletic 
um, I forget the exact name of it. Basically, it's just like like your relative athletic score, right? And it's it's a it's a metric that somebody put together looking at all the measurables that compares you that like to your your time and your combine stats to that are relative to your position. And Trayvon Walker, this is how deep the Georgia class is, right? Trayvon Walker had the third best defensive end score in out of like over 2,000 players that have been to the combine. Or I'm sorry, over like 1,300 defensive ends that have been to the combine since 1987 to now. He had the third highest. The only two that scored higher than him were Miles Garrett and Jadavian Clowney. Both of them were number one overall picks. Absolute freak shows. Yep. Channing, Channing yeah. Tindall has ends up he like I mean he's he had the highest he had the highest vertical of any player at the combine all week. He's a linebacker. He's two hundred and thirty pounds. Like Quay Walker, like they they had third they had they had fourteen guys at the combine. Two of them didn't participate, and and you have to get down to the tenth person on that on that list of players before you hit a four seven eight. Everyone before that was faster than a four seven eight, and the one that was at four seven eight was Jordan Davis, who's six six three hundred forty one pounds. He's a big man. He also had a thirty two inch vertical leap and a ten foot three broad jump, which was the highest of his uh, the highest of, of of anyone there at his position, and the the four eight two um was or was it four seven eight? The four seven eight was the because it was four eight two unofficially. The four seven eight was um the second, it was the fastest time in the history of the combine from anyone over 310 pounds. And it was so dominant and crazy because you it goes viral, right? Like the, the rock is saying stuff about it. It almost overshadows how good of a day Devonta Wyatt had as a guy that's you know, and to put this in perspective, man, you're talking about Jordan Davis, Devonta Wyatt, Channing Tindall. And I believe um, Trayvon Walker all scored in this RAS thing in the top 76 all time at their positions, all time. And it's so deep. They were so deep at, at, at they had because they had six of the eight uh, defensive players were going on that day. They were so deep on defense that you have other guys like Jermaine Johnson, who's a defensive from Florida State, who was a top 30 all time scorer in this metric and going to be a projected first round pick in the top 20. That dude had to transfer out. And and you're not even talking about N'Kobe Dean playing or, or, or participating, Darian Kendrick. And the sh- most shocking thing that I heard all day, uh, like Lewis Seen runs a 4-3-8, fastest time out of any Georgia players at safety. So, now, somebody did say, is he going to be the first safety taken? That's asinine because Kyle Hamilton will be. But like, and, and side note, quick shout out to my buddy and, and co-host on that TV show we, we recorded here in Atlanta, Former Tennessee Vol um, and and longtime All Pro um, defensive lineman for the Falcons, Chuck Smith. He he trains them all at this you know pass rush academy, and, and that that's become like his passion. So Jordan Davis trained with him. Kayvon Thibodeau's training with him. That we're gonna talk about that too. Um, but like a lot of these guys, he's trained and and he's done a phenomenal job with them because those kids come in to put in that work and 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 it's obviously shown off or paid off. I just I don't think we've ever seen. From one, like I always bring up that 2011 Bama defense. I, Courtney Upshaw doesn't play for this fucking team. Like just flat out, Courtney Upshaw does not see the field on this team, and he was he was fantastic. Like you know, Josh Chapman, that white kid Gentry, they don't step on the field against with this Georgia team. Like this is a, it, I, I don't I don't know if we've ever seen a collection of athletes like this. It it it's crazy. What's going to be the over under prop bet on Georgia players taken in the first round? Shockingly, the most recent updates that I've seen as of last night were only the most I saw were four. 
Davis, Wyatt, Nicobe Dean. Nicobe Dean's a lock. I think Davis and Wyatt will be as well at this point. I know Wyatt will be. Walker. Walker would have to be. Scene probably jumps in the in the back end of that. Um, but like, you know, one of the things they said, and not to look too far ahead, but one of the the, the craziest parts of this is I said it before they went into Saturday was it felt like if there was a team winning the combine, it was Georgia. And this is after day one and two when we saw the receivers and the running backs and all that kind of stuff. It just felt like they had been the team that consistently showed up in terms of like not just posting the best times, but sh- like very surprising, surprisingly much better than we all anticipated, even better than we anticipated. Right. And that was before they were going into day three, which is what I said. I was like, it could get scary today because now you're getting to see the defense and, and like, that's their strength of this team. Right. And, and, and again, what makes it so impressive, this defense is sa- this specific defense is sandwiched in between this. Six guys getting drafted last year in the NFL draft off that defense, three of them going in the top 50 overall. And they even brought this up as, as we're watching this. Uh, Daniel Jeremiah said, after watching Wyatt, after watching Jordan Davis, he goes, and the guy that's still in Athens is better than both of them, Jalen Carter. That's, <laughs> what yeah. the fuck, man? <laughs> Ridiculous. Um, all right, anything else on the combine you wanted to get out there? Um, I'm sure there is. I mean, outside the Georgia stuff, I, I thought that um, I'm trying to think of other other players that had a good combine. I mean, like Christian Harris had some good measurables from Bama. I think he was he was going to be a first rounder anyway. Is there anyone else that shot up the the uh... Derek Singley's his his? I'm telling you, I don't know. I think people have concerns. Just keeps keeps uh keeps sliding, right? Yeah, Hold on. and I, I mean, look, I think he's going to be the kind of guy. He's going to be the kind of guy that that falls to like the Ravens in the mm-hmm. bottom of the first half, uh, first quarter. Mm-hmm. Jesus, what the hell am I saying? Hey, first, saying? first round, and it becomes oh, like an God. all pro. They've got like, us taking Malik Willis, the Falcons. Yeah, and they get Jermaine Johnson going seventh. He had CBS. a hell of a show too, and he he literally couldn't see the field in Georgia. So he had to transfer to yeah. Florida state where he was all, he was the ACC defensive player of the year. Um, and he's an absolute freak. Yeah. I was crazy. One of the big takeaways I had, and this is, this is partially because I'm going to admit it. I don't like this guy. And I've just heard too much about him from behind the scenes. that make me don't, I just, I distrust everything about him um, as a player. And I, I distrusted even more after hearing him lead with this at the combine where he was like, you know, I just, you know, I, I love the game. I'm a student of the game. I, I want to be doing this for a long time. I, it, like, I want to wear a yellow, I want to be wearing a gold jacket and I want to win Super Bowls and defensive play of the year. And that's Kayvon Thibodeau, who somebody got in this kid's ear. And I've told you this before from people that I know have, have worked with him personally. I know that have said that kid does not give a shit about football. <laughs> like he's, he's always done it because he's good at it. He's bigger than everyone. If you couldn't tell from just the way he spoke about football and that's, that's fine to be well-rounded, man. It really is like, football's not for everybody and it's it's honestly pretty impressive that if you could be that good at it and it not even be your number one passion good for you go chase your passions but some team is going to waste a pick on this kid and he's not going to give a shit and in my opinion the first moment of adversity this kid faces because he played in the pac 12 this kid didn't come to the sec and, and face first round picks at left tackle all like nonstop. he just didn't and so that kid going to the combine Somebody get into his ear and telling him to say all these right things and him saying that he was going to show he was going to compete. I don't know if I've ever seen a, a group of people make more excuses for one player. Like 
did you watch it on, on Saturday night with what Willie McGinnis was saying? And it's like, the, no, like the, I didn't see. It's like the fourth or fifth person that's done this. And he's like, like, you know, he's a good kid. Like I've worked with him in the past. Well, blah, blah. And he's like, you know, he just, he, he's going to compete. Like he's, he's not afraid to compete. And he's saying this after he literally quit competing and said he didn't want to do it anymore because he was just going to do it as pro day. And the reason why is because they had the, the drills broken up between linebacker and defensive line. And he was going to do both because he's going to probably have to play a hybrid of both in the NFL. And he's like, you know, it makes sense because, you know, it's, it's a long day, man. It's a long day for these kids. He's got to wait and get stretched back out. And Rich Eisen and Dan, Jared and I, I was so happy they brought it up. They just go, it's a long day for everyone. Everyone's having the same day. I mean, Hutchinson, all these guys from Georgia, they're all doing the same thing. I mean, Jordan Davis, yeah. Jordan Davis is doing fucking backpedaling drills. Like, like, like I mean, <laughs> And you tell it just I I just thought that was not a great look on his part, and I just continue to to think that this kid is going to be I don't care how much talent he has I don't even say he's going to be a bust I feel like he's going to be like a Ricky Williams type situation, not drug related, but it's like I don't give a shit about this. It's not my passion. I don't want to do it anymore. Yeah, I I know. I wonder. Um, or he reminds me of um, the guy the Falcons drafted a few years ago that like made a fool of himself on the when he got drafted. Find oh, me later. Find me later. Wait, who? The guy that was like, find me later. Is that the guy who brought his picture of his grandma? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the kid from UCLA? Dak. Yeah, I, no, Tack. Tack McKinley. Tack McKinley. Where it's just like, there's just too much going on there. If I have a top five pick, I get all the intangible, mm-hmm. um, like on the field production, great. Athleticism off the charts. Mm-hmm. But man, seems like a huge risk. Hey. So. They and they Daniel Jeremiah, whose entire job is to watch tape of this kind of stuff. He's like, you know, Eisen was asking, was like, where this kid, it's like a no-brainer. He should have been number one overall going into the season. And now you're talking about at least one guy being drafted. I, I would not be surprised if Jermaine Johnson goes ahead of him. I wouldn't. Or Trevon Walker, to be honest. Like, oh yeah. I, I, I wouldn't just, either. Because because this kid, it just seems so blatantly surface level everything he says being like kind of a facade of what's really happening. And I just feel like that kid, it's just like, like you said, like it it just, you you can't, you can't hide it. You can't hide work ethic for that long. I've tried, man. I definitely have tried. So it's like, and Daniel Jeremiah was like saying, he said something about how he's like, he's like, yeah, you just, you turn on the tape and and he, yeah, there's stuff that flashes, but there are, there's play after play after play where he just takes it off and doesn't do anything. This is gonna be a good video with you looking down the whole time. I'm glad we could do this. Well, uh, this is where I'm getting my information. So, okay. Fair enough. Thank you for calling me out. Um, all right. So last thing here, I think this was obviously a, um, I think, I think it was bigger news than honestly it should have been, mm-hmm. but it's worth anytime you're talking about the quarterback position. I think it's worth mentioning. Um, LSU brings in Jaden Daniels from Arizona State. Um, now, Jaden Daniels was a pretty high profile recruit coming out. He went to Arizona State, started out his freshman year at Arizona State. The world fantastic year. Um, you know, completed 60% of his passes for almost 3,000 yards, for 17 touchdowns, only two interceptions. Yeah. And, you know, obviously 2020 is kind of a weird year with COVID. He only played in four games, but he's seemingly on a passer rating level. Um, his picture? His picture? He's pretty skinny. 
<laughs> he's like James Blackman from Florida State a few years ago. Yeah, that's my God. All right, go ahead. Um, his passer rating has has just so let's let's start with the good, okay? Because I think what Brian Kelly and 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 some of the offensive coaches he brought in are going to try to implement is is um, an offense with a quarterback that has the ability to run. I don't know that Miles Brennan gives them that. Um, Why not? No. In 2021, so last year, not including sack yardage, which is, by the way, one of the dumbest things that needs to change about college football yeah. is the fact that they count sack yardage as rushing yards. Yeah, um, there was only three quarterbacks in the Power Five that ran for more yards than him, um, and only Sam Howell from uh, North Carolina had more rushes for 10 or more yards. So very explosive runner. Um the year before that, he averaged about 10 yards a carry. Again, that was a COVID-shortened year, so, you know, it is what it is. Uh, <laughs> it I'm laughing because Chris sent me the picture. Maybe we can <laughs> find a way to put that in. That's that is, that is the most a different world shit I've ever seen in my life. What That can't be. That is a woman's body with his head put on it. Uh, it is not great. <laughs> um. Like I said, you know, his uh, freshman year, he 17 touchdowns to, to two interceptions. But as a passer, man, he just, it doesn't seem like he's gotten any better. And look, it could be his sophomore year was basically ruined by COVID. And then basically since then, Arizona State's been a bunch of, in a bunch of turmoil with all this uh, cheating allegations. So had a bunch of coaches in and out. But last year, 10 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. That's not great. QBR uh, was his worst uh, yet of his career, and he ranked 43rd in the country in QBR. So what is your thoughts? I mean, so do you think Jaden Daniels, because this is his money year. This he's He had the chance to go pro. He decided to come back, and then... Did he have a chance to go pro, though? Well, that's I guess that's up for debate. He was eligible to go pro. Right. Announced he was coming back. Then he announced he was transferring. There's a video that came out of all once he left, a bunch of his teammates at Arizona State were basically trolling him, like trashing his locker. I don't think they're missing him. But if you're Jaden Daniels, you're going to transfer somewhere where you can start. Yes. So is, well, is Jaden Daniels uh, going to be the starter for, for LC this year? I just think people are sleeping on Miles Brennan so much. Um, I think like Miles Brennan's still a guy that had 11 touchdowns, three interceptions, albeit in a different offense um, that they're going to run now. But in the first three games of the year in 20, in 2020, I, I just it, like the kid, the, the fishing injury is dumb as shit, but also, you know, that kid's kind of a gamer. Like he's playing through so much injury and stuff like that. I think he's very underappreciated. And, and you and I, he, this kid was the number 35 player in the country. He was a top, he was a top recruit coming out. Wow. Um, so I, I think this stuff is like, and you and I didn't agree on this um, necessarily, but like, I don't think this is a factor of, all right, they're trying to like say that Miles Brennan's not good enough to be the starter. I think competition, oh, my bad guys. Competition breeds like, you know, iron sharpens iron, all that kind of shit. Like, I, I think competition only helps people. But I think as Kirby has shown us, and I've jokingly said in the past too, like, well, actually, that was a joke. But, like, if you're a five-star quarterback, how do you trust Kirby? He kind of set the blueprint here, which is, like, 
I'm just going to bring in everyone. I'm fucking bringing in as much talent as possible. The cream always rises to the top and we'll figure it out as we go from there. And that's pretty much it. Like, I mean, like, you know, it, I mean, how many five-star quarterbacks did he have on the, on the staff JT or on the, in the quarterback room, JT Daniels, like the Brock Vandergriff. I mean, Setson Bennett was the one that, that, that showed out. I don't think this means he's going to start necessarily. And I don't think we're in a place anymore in college football where people are making that promise to players and and standing by it. Like, I don't think like the days of I'm going to go get that guy. He's going to be my starter and I'm riding him. Like he's, I'm going to build my team around him. That's over. I think that's all over with. I will say this kid is he fucking nailed it when it came to picking colleges. I mean, (laughs) Jaden Daniels was on the party. That's all I'm going to (laughs) say. Well, he doesn't love the weight room. I can tell you that much. No, he is very skinny, but he's very talented. <laughs> no, he is. Um, look, I think um, I think it's a good ad. I, I don't know, you know, that he's going to be the best quarterback in the room automatically. Right. Um, you throw him in with Miles Brennan. You also have um, why is his name escaping me? The Nussmeyer last year, and also yeah, the hard the Walker kid, Walker. Oh yeah, the ones from the videos. Well, yeah. <laughs> Walker Howard. Walker um, Howard. I was going to say Walker Hayes, but they're they're equally bad at those TikTok videos. I'll say that. Um, but I, I, I don't know, man. It's kind of weird to me that it's like we're like two months into the semester and Jane Daniels is able to transfer in and just be eligible for, for spring. Is that like an SEC thing? Because that would not fly at most institutions. <laughs> yeah, but like academically? <laughs> Yeah, like shit ain't like real, drama. dude. What are you talking about? <laughs> like, it's like, I mean, you. This is this was the best part about being an athlete. This is what I hated most when I quit. Is when you quit, you don't have someone do all this shit for you. Like when you when you do this is a nightmare logistically trying to figure out if you're just transferring schools. But if you're a football right. player, they just they're like, we got you. Don't worry about it. It's like <laughs> figure it out. You're gonna take PE again. <laughs> like okay, cool. Oh man. So we'll see, you know, uh, so I guess he's just thrown onto the roster here. He'll be in spring practices. So we'll see how he I plays love in the that's spring where you game. That's the line on what's right and what's wrong. <laughs> I just find it very strange. I find it very strange that, that the semester started two months ago and you could just kind of drop in and be like, yeah, I'm on the team now. Sup? I'm enrolled. Yeah. Um, but anyways, so at a least at the very least makes it an interesting spring, um, to see who will win that battle going into the fall. Um, you can't, you can't blame Kelly for wanting to add some talent in the room. His job is to win games, yeah. not to appease people's feelings. Well, and he's also been doing this the whole off season. Like, yeah. All he's done is bringing people, you know what I mean? No doubt. So, um, I don't know, man, that that's it for the week. Um, you got anything else before we sign off here? What's your, what's your uncensored moment of the week that you were going to drop? I was told very specifically by Kristen and Paige not to share the story, but I'm going to. Oh God. Oh God! <laughs> so, so I'm saying to Jeffs, and I'm I'm like I have been I've been getting better um, over the past couple of weeks. I've been being healthier and all that kind of stuff, and um, and and all that. So, but I've I've like was noticing for a while I was getting triggered by like certain things that just kind of reminded me of the ex and the dogs and all this kind of shit. So I was worried about coming over here to dog sit because this is this is like i mean ali broke up with me and it was the biggest fucking like 
bombshell caught off guard. Like I just was, I, you know, and I drove to here and then I slept in this bed that I'm sleeping in now. It's a lovely bed. It smells fantastic. But I was like worried I was going to be triggered or whatever. So I was like, you know what? I got here on Thursday and I was like, I'm just going to dip into the bourbon a little bit and just try to go to sleep. And it's like, whatever. I got a, I got a comedy show tomorrow. I'm going to start writing some stuff. We'll get ready. Four, four o'clock or 4.30 in the morning, I decided that there was this girl on Instagram that okay. I just had to see more of. Oh, and God. I... <laughs> oh, God. I, I signed up for OnlyFans, which is the lowest no. thing I swear to God. <laughs> so I'm just for this one like at the time i was like this is a, this is a okay thing to do this is not what a time big was deal. this 4 30 in the morning time. oh god so i i saw just for this one person cost eight dollars to follow this person I'm like i got eight dollars make it rain so i signed up for 10 one less trip to cook out that's, one that's less trip to cook out Every time, every time I try to convince myself that there's any subscription worth it, whether it's like a Spotify for like 10 bucks a month or whatever, it's like, I'll just cut out one trip for lunch, you know, one per month and I'm fine. Yeah. Um, I don't think that (laughs) far ahead. Um, but I, so I'm like, so I, I, I sign up for this one person and all of the pictures are just like her and like, it's the same shit she posts on Instagram. I'm like, this is a fucking fraud. This is unbelievable. Did you demand a refund? No, but what I guess what they do here. And I learned this out later. Cause I've, I've now had to like get rid of it. Cause it's too much. It, it's like, it is so overbearing. It's like, it's like pop-up ads or like, it's like people at a fucking mall kiosk but with their tits out everywhere. It's like, they're, they're like, it's like hey daddy and i'm like what like oh no so so she sends it she sends a she sends a picture like thanks for following i'm like yeah she's probably only talking to me right yeah that's definitely not an auto response right she's also in the top 0.01 percent on OnlyFans, and this is i know how dumb all this sounds and i don't give a shit okay like i really don't because like i'm not it's not something i'm like gonna continue to do it was now, in hindsight, does it look dumb and stupid? Absolutely. There is an endless amount of free naked women or whatever you want to look at on the internet. It's almost like almost too much. You can find it anywhere. Yeah. And I was like, no, no, I want to pay $8 because I'm, I'm balling right now. So the picture she sends is she sends this text. And it says, oh, no. Daddy question mark with the purple horned emoji. And at 5.08 in the morning, I responded. And I didn't know this until the next day. But I said, no, he left when I was young. Why do you ask? No. And that was it. <laughs> and now she's your girlfriend. <laughs> Oh my god! Damn, I'm crying. Dude. Um, yes, I'm not on OnlyFans anymore. But um, down bad, down bad. That was not my best. It was <laughs> down bad up early. It was. Ooh. Oh wow! You guys well, could not ever. Play that is that. the uncensored moment of the week for <laughs> sure. <laughs> All right, we're gonna leave it with that. So uh, <laughs> for Chris, I'm Tyler. Thanks for listening. Five stars. Yeah, rating yeah. Or eight dollars. Give us a review. Way. Yeah. Starting an OnlyFans. See you guys later.